little purple drink. Uh-oh. It's different. <laughs> oh, okay. Sizzurp and lean purple drink. The main thing is that you have to have a codeine-based cough syrup in it. Oh. So I think, like, I, I never drank this kind of stuff, but it was like a thing, and it was like a Houston music scene. Like, DJ Screw would be... He would take music and it would get chopped and screwed. And that would mean he would like chop it up, but slow it down. Mm. And to go with that kind of music, you're supposed to have some, um, some Sazerp or some Lean, which is like Sprite, codeine, cough syrup, and then some Jolly Ranchers or something. And Wasn't there like sit. a Simpsons about that? Flaming Moe's? Yeah. That has cough syrup, but it's, this is different. Oh, okay. Because you're supposed to get like messed up from it. Right. And then you listen to DJ Screw, and Screw music goes along with a drink. It's it's kind of interesting because there's a whole music scene that also had a drink to go with it, which you don't yeah, it's get like a very whole often. evening. Yeah, listen to some Screw and drink some dessert. And I, what better way to start an episode <laughs> on the sound of music than a little uh, journey into mid '90s hip hop in Houston? Wow. But let's go. Let's talk Sound of Music. That's why we're here, folks. So welcome, everyone, to another episode of I Love This. You should, too. My name is Indy Sizerp Randella. <laughs> and with me is Samantha T. A drink with jam and bread Randella. <laughs> That's more my speed. Although I drink more tea than you. I'll you do. Tea. Actually, no, And this you week... have more cough syrup than I do. I guess. Because I don't take cough syrup. Unless I, I don't take medicine. Unless I force it upon you. Yeah, that's true. So you should be Sizzurp. I guess. <laughs> I've never taken it recreationally, though. Me neither. Maybe it's something we should try. <laughs> or maybe we should just go on and talk about the 1965 film, The Sound of Music. Yes. I'm excited. Are you excited? No. Oh, okay. I don't. I'm not often excited for our episodes. I like talking to you, but I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> Actually, there's a few. There's okay. a few. Uh, this probably isn't one of them, but that, that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad episode. It's going to be such a good episode, you guys. You you hung out through Sizerp talk, so you might as well <laughs> listen to it now. Um. Yeah. So we're talking about the sound of music, and I love this movie. I still love it. Did you? I'm gonna pull a Sam. I liked it. <laughs> okay. I was actually disappointed a little. What? I thought I loved this movie, but I do like it. Okay. It's odd what I was disappointed with. Things that I didn't think would be issues for me. Because it is a um, like a very saccharine feel-good movie, and I, mm-hmm. I had no problems with any of that. Right. But then there were some parts where I was like, eh, I don't know. Okay. But let's let's break it down. Okay. Let's talk about it. Okay. So this is your favorite movie? No, favorite musical. Yes. And I said it is my third favorite musical about Nazis. Right. I still think that's the case for the me. The third. Yeah. I'll take third. Not third favorite musical. No, about Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can you list more than three no- musicals about Nazis? No. Cabaret. Mm-hmm. The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. The Producers. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go cabaret producer sound of music. Although okay. producers and sound of music, they're pretty tight. Okay. I've seen producers. It was great. Better than this, some might say. No, I don't think so. So this is still your favorite. Uh-huh. Upon this rewatch, notice anything new or did it just reignite uh, an already strong love? I think it reignited. I think it was like a trip down memory lane. I cried a few times. Did you cry? I didn't I notice did. that. I did. I totally when? cried. When? Um, 
during something good when really uh, yeah when they're like singing their like first love song together Edelweiss um when he like picks up the guitar and the first time sings again yeah and then during the festival when they sing it again the third time yeah I think that song is like four times in this movie um probably but i uh i got a little a little emotional during this movie no. and i feel like i do every time i see it but it's just such a such a lovely story see i know that you love this movie and i like it very much in well the songs are iconic of course it's mm-hmm. a very well constructed movie but i didn't feel the uh, emotional notes working on me at all i felt oh. very distant from this movie Interesting. and i felt like i was watching it as a a student or for this podcast to talk and discuss it but i never i think i never for an instant really got lost in the characters and the emotion of the movie which was going to be my criticism of it is it has all these uh feel-good moments and it is a a movie about those moments Mm -hmm. really i didn't find them terribly effective to me interesting and usually i'm more emotionally swayed by movies than you are yeah not the case with this one Interesting. Yeah, no, this one just like sweeps me up and takes me on a ride and I was totally in it. Even though we watched it in like two separate sittings because it is a very long movie and I had a very busy weekend. Um, I totally was wrapped up in it and could not wait to get back to watching it. I think um, this movie like still totally does it for me. And I wonder if a bunch of it is your childhood connection because this movie... I know the popular criticism at the time, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong, is that, yeah, this movie's for seven-year-olds. <laughs> it's a, So are so many good movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aladdin's for seven-year-olds, and it's fantastic. True. I feel like this is... Oh, I, I think Aladdin's better, actually. But I feel <laughs> like this is a great musical for children, and people who watched it as children probably still love it now. And I think I watched it for the first time as a 19-year-old when I was just kind of trying to learn about film a lot. And I don't know, it's just good to me. It doesn't, uh, the emotional core left me wanting more. Interesting. Not in the good way of like, oh, I loved it. Give me more. It's like, no, I need more. No, I want want a sequel. A sequel? Yeah. I want to know what happens when they make it to Switzerland. It does end very strange. Yeah. But let's, you know what, let's go through it. Let's start at the very beginning. Let's go through the movie. Yeah, chronologically, we'll talk as we go. We won't be here for three hours. You missed the call and response there. Well, what was, what did you say? I said, let's start at the very beginning. And you're supposed to say, a a very very good good place place to start. start. (laughs) For someone who doesn't love this musical, I do know all the words to almost every song, which I was surprised. There was a few songs that you were like, I don't know this song. Yeah. There, I think there were three, and I yeah. still, you know, I could have done without them. <laughs> I had to hold myself back from singing along to the entire thing. You did sing for quite a bit of it. Yeah, just off and on. Just off and on. Oh, can I tell you a story before we start? Let's do it. Okay, so I love this movie, and my mom loves this movie, and my Aunt Audrey also enjoys this movie. And the Arden Theater in St. Albert, for those of you who live in Edmonton, um, was doing a sing-along night for Sound of Music. And oh, that sounds brutal. It was brutal. Um, we did not realize that there are people who treat Sound of Music like people who treat like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So there was like things that people yelled at certain points. Oh, and I like. That. Everyone was wasted. I think I was the youngest person there by like 20 years. So it was a bunch of like 
So St. Albert, for those of you yeah. who don't know. And this was like probably 10 years ago. Is a old, white, rich yeah. town. Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it, Oh, yeah, it, right? for sure. And uh, so they're all just a bunch of hammered 65-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That um, sounds... I would be upset. I would be like, I want to hear these people we sing. We were and I got so these upset that we left before the intermission. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because people were just like, like, it's one thing when you know you're going to like the midnight showing of Halloween of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sure. You kind of know what you're in for. This I did not expect. And it totally ruined the like beginning of the movie for me. And I was like upset. Mom and my aunt were upset. And it was just like we were just like, should we just like leave and get a glass of wine somewhere? Because it was just like really upsetting and doing something like totally not pointless, but like something that this movie doesn't need. Did you not have the inclination to also just get hammered and sing along? Um, no, because these people were like sloppy drunk at this point. Well, they're probably drinking some of that dessert. Probably. Probably on that lean. Um, but yeah, so it was just like it was very, very upsetting, and we still talk about it. And every so often, I get the like Facebook memory of it. <laughs> just like I, oh man, I have like bad feelings towards that. But this movie, I do not. So that's that's funny and also very strange. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that like there was a following like that for Sound of Music. Yeah. And there was all sorts of like things like call and response things that they were doing as the movie was going. And it was just like very distracting and very disruptive. And like everybody else was on this level that like we were not prepared for. Like Both. whenever someone said Heil Hitler, you all stand up and no. do a Zig Heil. No. <laughs> But yeah, there was just like little things and like anytime the captain was on the screen, they'd like people would like yell and like it was just like it was it was a whole thing and I was not prepared and I did not enjoy it. Never again. <laughs> Good to know. So if you're going to. Uh, so this was a live production, though. No, this was. Oh, this was just the movie. The Arden played the movie. Oh. And it was like, come well, sing along to your favorite movie. And we were like, that sounds great. OK, that's better. I thought it was a live production no. and I would be furious no both no, no. as a performer and as an audience member of that happened but I, uh, for a movie i think it's more acceptable but it was just like but you need to know about that yeah I, I, none of us knew and like i do research and so it's like no none of us knew that like this was like a thing that people did so anyway this was a much more happy watching that you and i had <laughs> nice and quiet except for you singing yeah just the way it should be exactly all right let's get into it ready? okay ready so we start off. Oh, there has that like epic helicopter shot off. Yeah. They used a lot of helicopters in this movie. I'm very curious because I'm me about which camera they were using. And so much of the stuff now would be unusable to us. True. Like the, the footage is so the bumpy. The shakiness <laughs> of some of those shots are. But it's 1965. It was a beautiful shot. Yeah. And this is funny because like I've never noticed it until now I've started watching movies more like critically. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was thinking that at the beginning too. And I was like, I don't think I ever realized how shaky this like helicopter is because it's a giant camera up there it and is a helicopter. and it's it's a helicopter so there's going to be wind on top of mountains like there's going to be lots of weather happening up there so i feel like they did a great job but i did not realize until now just how shaky that was and later there's a shot where they're all in um like a cart kind of thing and oh, that's like a super bumpy as on well. the cobblestones yes. which i can imagine would be very hard to film on yeah 
Like, you don't have those giant tracks that you have now and like... Oh, they did. Did they? They just... Well, they were shooting on location. So I guess putting tracks down is probably not just the easiest thing to right. do. Right. Yeah. But, but if you look at things like Casablanca shot before this, there's crazy tracking shots and dolly shots in oh, there. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's some like real shaky camera work, but um, I enjoy how it opens the movie because you really get like an idea of what Austria looks like. And we start off with how do you solve a problem like Maria? Nope. No? The sound of music. Oh, the sound of music. Yeah. The hills are Oh, alive. just her singing yeah. by herself and then she's In all the, late. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw an interview of Julie Andrews when they were doing these shots and this helicopter flying through this field she's standing in back and forth, back and forth. And she said the amount of hair and makeup that they had to like come back and do every time because it just totally like tossed everything. Um, So that's her hair after a bunch of work. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She's she's gorgeous. I love her. (laughs) But yeah, I just remember she's like, yeah, they... They did like 20 takes with this helicopter and every single time they had to come and like reset everything because you just get totally like windblown. And um, it was also very, very loud and she had to pretend to sing, but she couldn't hear anything that was happening. (laughs) Yeah. So movie magic. What did you think of the opening song? It's kind of like the iconic Mm -hmm. one, but meh. (laughs) And I don't want to say that as a whole in this movie. It's not in the top five songs. I would no, say. true. There are better songs than this one, but it is the iconic Sound of Music song. Yeah, <laughs> called the Sound of Music. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I like this one. I think it's got like grand epic scale, and it's a it's a fun way to start a movie. And you get to see Maria's whole like life on the at the Abbey, which is kind of neat. So then the next little bit is lots of nuns. And chorus and everything. And you get a really nice Alleluia, um, like, chorus from the nuns. And then we get Maria. Oh, yes. Which is kind of a fun song. I enjoy this one because it is very much like, here's all the information you need to know about Maria. (laughs) It's my second favorite song called Maria from a Robert Wise movie. (laughs) (laughs) He did West Side Story. Yeah, I was going to say West Side Story. Um. And I, I like how affectionately they sing about her, but also just like, what a pain in the ass she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we love her, but like, also, come on, <laughs> get your shit together. I did start like putting notes beside the songs and mm-hmm. just a number out of 10. And this one says five. Okay. <laughs> five out of 10. I guess so. Okay. Well, we get some nines later, so. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, this one's, it's fun. You get to, like, know who she is and, like, who is kind of in her life at this point. And then we move on to other things in the story. So I like this one. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. And we find out that she's, you know, uh, she's always late, all of that stuff, head in the clouds and whatnot. So they're just going to loan her out to yeah, some just, rich people. They're, they're like, you know like, what? I know some rich people. Go help them out for a while. And yeah. Get out of our hair. Yeah. They're like, I don't know that you're going to be a nun. So like maybe go try being in the world for a bit and uh, see how that works. And I guess it worked. Can Abby's just loan you out? I think so. Apparently. Because yeah. I feel like. You've committed your life to the church. Oh, so they can do with you as they please. I think so. Because Mm. she says like, 
all of my worldly goods and like my good outfits and everything were given to the poor. And so like she's entered a life of religion and I think she may be not like suited for it. So they want her to try like a non-life of religion for a little bit. So yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I wouldn't want to be loaned out, but it works out well for her. Free labor. That's what it is. Do you think the Abbey gets a kickback? Oh, I wonder. Like, do you think Captain Von Trapp is paying the Abbey for Maria? Because I feel like she's not getting paid. No, clearly. And they give her like room and board. So that did they sell her? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. (laughs) Is she essentially a slave? I don't know. I've never considered it, but it kind of seems like that now. (laughs) Let's ask some nuns. Yeah. Are you frequently traded around like property? Yeah. So Maria gets lent out (laughs) to Captain Von Trapp. And we get one of my favorite, like, I wish or like journey I have confidence? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, hard disagree. Outside of like a Disney movie. Oh, I must stop these doubts, all these worries. If I don't, I just know I'll turn back. I must dream of the things I am seeking. I am seeking the courage I lack. The courage to serve them with reliance. Face my mistakes without defiance. Show them I'm worthy. And while I show them, I'll show me. But I think that this one is like super fun. And you get to see more of her personality. And you get to see a bunch of Salzburg. Is that where they are? Yes. Yeah. So you get to see a bunch of that. And um, just like the old timey bus and everything. So I think this is like super fun. And you get to see a range of emotions from her. So what's that out of 10? Mm, Like an eight. Oh, this was like a three for me. What? I did not like oh, this I song. I love I Have Confidence. No, it, it didn't seem like a song fully. It felt like they weren't done. Oh. Like they just, they were like, okay, we'll just do what you have. We'll do this for now yeah. and then we'll think of something better later. Oh, no. No, I like this song quite a bit. Did I not like this movie? Uh-oh. No, I did. I did. <laughs> Uh-oh. Are you You know what I like? <laughs> Is when she meets the kids and pretty much everything between her interactions with the children. That's mm-hmm. what I like about this movie. That was when it's at its strongest, I thought. Mm, okay. I love how, like, first the them, uh, like, being dicks to her and, yeah. like, saying the wrong names and all of that stuff, putting the frog in her pocket. But what I loved is when she starts guilting them at dinner and they all start crying. Because like I feel like they're like rich children and the nobody's ever called them on anything. Yeah. And they're just like there to be subservient and like take care of the children. And Maria comes in like guns blazing. But with a different strategy. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for all these wonderful things you've done. That was pretty good. Yeah, it really makes me feel valued. <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks for putting a frog. Was it a frog? I think so. In my pocket. You've seen the movie 400 times? I think it's like 400. I don't think it's been 400. but You've seen it how many times do you think? 50? Uh, maybe. Whoa. I don't know if I've seen any movie 50 times. I feel like we had this discussion when we talked about Bring It On, too. Right. Which you said was like 200. Because this has always been... My like sick day movie. You just like lay on the couch and watch a three hour movie and try and feel better. 
this movie I've seen more than anything is probably Nightmare Before Christmas uh-huh. because I watch it every Christmas Eve since like 94, 95. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's been quite a while, but still not as much as you. It's a <laughs> once a year viewing for me. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like I have a long history with this movie. And Maximum Overdrive, but that's a whole another that's story whole we'll talk thing. about one day. We've already talked about that on the podcast. But we're going to do a whole episode on oh, it. Oh, are we? Oh, of course. Okay, great. Um, so we get to know the children a little bit. Who's your favorite? My favorite child? Yeah. Gretel. Yeah, it's hard not. That's that's an easy pick, I think. Gretel. I agree. And I like Liesl because she has like she has stuff. a little bit more. Yeah. She's Wait, who like do you arc. hate? Who's the worst kid? Um. So it goes, I, I remember the kids' names. Rudimica. I got it. It took me a long time, but it, it goes Liesl, uh-huh. Friedrich, or uh-huh. Frederick, I don't know, Louisa, uh-huh. Kurt. Yeah. Rutabaga, uh-huh. Marta, <laughs> yeah. Gretel. I think Brigida, Rutabaga. Oh, that's your least favorite? Yeah. I don't like Louisa. The orange-haired one that yeah. you kept referring to? Louisa and Kurt. Don't care for either of them. Oh. They look similar. Huh. They look like they're actual siblings. I do like Friedrich. He seems Friedrich's he's funny. I think he went on to have like a big career. Did he? Of course, Julie Andrews and uh, Christopher Plummer, the the big names, and most of the kids didn't do much. But I, I believe he's been acting like consistently. He's like a TV guy, not doing big big things, but he's been in every show ever. I think. Oh, he was Peter Parker in the nineteen seventies Amazing Spider-Man. The Voice. Yeah. Like the sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. Really? I think so. The 1967 show was no, good. No, the 1970s, it says, but that could just be. It just says the 70s? Yeah. The what 90s. are you looking at that just said he was in a show in <laughs> the 70s? You'd think they would have dates. Maybe that's Spider-Man and his amazing friends with Firestar and Iceman. Wikipedia told me. <laughs> Who's your favorite kid? Probably the same. I like, well, I like Liesl, Gretel, and Friedrich. Yeah. Marta was good too, I think. Oh, see, I didn't like her as much. Really, it's those three middle ones. <laughs> but honestly, they got I, good back at the end of the. I get Brigida and Marta mixed up, so I might be wrong. Oh, okay, that's uh, fair because they do also like mix themselves up at the beginning of the movie. Well, I think Louisa is being a dick, and she says, she's "Yeah, that's Marta what I meant." Something. But like, they they like kind of knowingly confuse you at the beginning of the movie to learn their names. So, yeah. So, Liesl is 16 going on 17. Oh, is she ever? <laughs> and uh, I think this might be like a 9 out of 10 for me. I bet this is a 7. It's a good one. Yeah, this is a good one. It's like a, a fun love song. This is why I like Liesl so much is because she actually has like a character arc. Yeah. And you get a little bit more from her than with some of the some of the middle kids. And Rolf sings in this one too, yes. right? Oh, he comes in later because first it's just... Maria and her. No. No? Maria and her are at the end of the movie. So that's one of my big criticisms. We'll get there in the second half. Because there's no new songs in the second half of the movie. No. That's terrible. (laughs) You're going to give me a three-hour movie, and then the last 90 minutes, there's no new songs in a musical? It's all reprised, baby. That's terrible. (laughs) Well, they do change up some of the lyrics. But their gazebo dance, that was fun too. I like that. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to like run in a circle like that and jump over benches in a floaty dress. I feel like that would be like 
pretty great. Oh, yeah, that looked fun. Her dress is like amazing. If I could wear that dress now, I totally would. There's some good outfits in general. Yeah, the fashion in this is is. I like their good. play clothes that she makes for yes. the curtains. I like the like Lederhosen style normal clothes that aren't like specifically Lederhosen. <laughs> I like those little touches of what would have been just like traditional clothing. Some of the hats they wear. And then when she comes back, Liesel's dress is filthy and muddy. Yeah. Is the implication that they had sex? No, I think... She got real muddy climbing a tree and then... Uh, Why is there mud up in a tree? That's not how trees work. I don't know. It must have been a real dusty tree. A real dusty tree? Yeah. In the rain? Yeah. No, like it was dusty and then it got wet. So then it was like kind of muddy. <laughs> That's... You know how mud works? <laughs> no, I don't. Do you know how mud works? Apparently Because it doesn't come from the tops of trees. I don't know. I don't know how high she had to climb or if she fell down... While she was trying to climb it. Okay. Um, And then she sneaks into Maria's room. And I don't know what she was like thinking would happen. Like if she thought that Maria just wasn't going to see her. Or that she wasn't there at the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. But um, they have a nice little little moment and a little bit of bonding, which is nice. And it was fun after that when there's the sequence when all the kids come in and first it's all the girls and they're like, oh, but the boys are brave. And then they all come in too. Yeah. Fun. I, I liked them uh, getting all like strong and tall, like like they were going to save all the girls from the thunderstorm. Yeah. Um, and then you got My Favorite Things, which is another like classic Sound of Music song. I'd say more famous than The Sound of Music itself. It's also been adapted into kind of like a Christmas song. Yeah. Which is so like, when- I don't get that. I never really think of it as a Christmas song, but when I heard it, I was like, oh, I love this song. This is going to be great. I didn't like the version in the movie. I think because I've heard it so much that I expect it to be sung. And Julie Andrews, who's a fantastic singer, she doesn't use that voice. Yeah. Together. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. Yeah, I didn't care for it much in this. I came in, like, I wrote nine because I was like, oh, I love this song. And then I heard it. I was like, oh, maybe a seven. Oh, I think this is a nine. I think other versions I've heard are better. (laughs) I just don't understand why this has been like, recorded on Christmas albums. So after Captain Von Trapp comes and breaks up the party and is super grumpy for like the first half of the movie, um, everybody goes back to bed and then he leaves on a business trip and we get Do Re Mi, which is a classic song that everyone knows. And this, like, you, you got to give this a, a high score. This is the iconic song oh, of the whole sure. movie, I, I would say. I think this is a 10. And the montage that goes along with it of That's them, true. like, being The fun time children. picnic in the new yeah. outfits, that was great. That was maybe the best part of the movie, I think. I think this is, yeah, this it's a high point for sure. And uh, I you do, like, for once get to see them being children, which is great, instead of soldiers. Yeah, that whole... The development of the children into children is the best part of this movie. It's a shame that it's kind of done 33% of the way into the movie. Yeah. But it's nice to see them like relax slowly into Maria and her crazy world, her Mary Poppins-ness. Would you wear an outfit made of curtains? 
Oh, sure. <laughs> if How do they you were, know that I'm not right now? I don't, actually. I um, would totally wear an outfit made of those curtains because they were super nice fabric. I liked the, the print of them. So then Captain Von Trapp comes back and gets mad at them. Oh, right, because they were all like in the trees when they were driving <laughs> yeah. in with the Baroness. And then they fall off the boat and they're all soaked. And then he comes back from yelling at Maria and realizes that they're singing uh, The Sound of Music to the Baroness. And um, the captain joins in. And it's the first time he seems like a human being. His performance, Christopher Plummer in this, what do you think? It's uneven to me. I can see that, yeah. He seems disinterested. I think what it's supposed to be is that he loved their mother so, so much that he like can barely bear to be with his children. Oh, yeah. Not um, disinterested in the children. He's intentional in that. The uh-huh. actor seems disinterested in the movie, in partaking in what's um, going on. He, at times, when, especially when he's singing... He's barely moving his mouth. It's true. <laughs> he does not open his mouth very much. And there are moments, because Christopher Plummer is a good actor. There's mm-hmm. moments where you're like, oh, he's like commanding this performance. Yeah. But they're so few and far between that. True. I know he referred to it as the sound of mucus and hated it and said he was drunk the whole time. What? So maybe that's Oh, maybe it. he was just too drunk to like open his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's a strange performance. At first, I was like, okay, this is what he's going for because he's so aloof. But then it's something else. I think he's just not giving it it. his all. Yeah. Yeah. He seems a little like manic at the end. Hmm. Like when he's supposed to be like happy and in love, he's got like crazy eyes. Hmm. I feel like the beginning, he's like stern and he's playing, he plays that really well because I feel like that doesn't take a lot of like acting. Um, but yeah, by the end of the movie, he's like, woo. And it just seems like a little out there. Okay. Let's talk about performances for a little bit. Okay. And I'm going to say my most controversial take I've ever had on this podcast. Oh, okay. I didn't think Julie Andrews was great. What? I don't. I don't think when she's not singing, I don't think she knows what to do with herself. Oh, no, I disagree. And I know she is great in other things. I'm not going to deny that. I'm thinking in this movie, we just have this idea like, it's Julie Andrews. It's the sound of music. It's one of the best things ever. And then when I watch it, I'm like, I don't know if it is. (laughs) Her reactions to stuff are sometimes delayed or sometimes early. Like she knows what line is coming. And it doesn't always seem like a human's reaction to things. But because she's this charming, overwhelming, charming spirit who's a great singer, we just like, yeah, she's great. Look at her. But I don't think acting, acting in this movie is her uh, is her best quality. Oh, I disagree. And maybe I am just saying like because she's so charming and like great at singing that I am just falling into that category of people who are like, no, she's great. But I think that she really makes the movie for me. I think it's probably how like a lot of people are like, I hate Ryan Reynolds. He's just doing his thing in every movie. And I'm like, oh, but that thing is very charming. So I like it. (laughs) I don't think she's great at the things that aren't singing in this. Okay. Even when she's swinging her bags around and stuff, I'm like, what's going on there? (laughs) Did she rehearse this? I always thought it was like 
her just being too much for the world. Like she like can't be at the Abbey because she's like too much for that. And then she's such a big personality in this house of like somber children and like a very strict dad. And I just feel like she's always larger than life. And that's why some of those like movements and things are kind of awkward. Sure. I would get that for her like big happiness. That makes sense. But it's that's not where she's lacking. It's anything that's not huge. It's huge or nothing. Right. I get that it's a big, lavish musical and there's not a lot of room for subtlety, but there's some room for subtlety. True. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Christopher Plummer, we already talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Odd. Um. What did you think of Liesl? And her... I think she was one of the better performances. Yeah, I agree. And I think that also comes from her being like a more, more mature person. Yeah. Right. I think she was like, 19 or 20 when she filmed this so like it seems like everyone's actual age is what the person above them is like maria is supposed to be in her like early 22 20s. i think so i think liesel the actress who plays liesel is should be playing maria and everyone should take one up because mm, everyone true. is clearly too old for what they say they are yeah, yeah, I could see that. Because she's supposed to be like 16. 16, 16 going, going on, 17. on 17. And she's not 16. No. She looks like 21. She does. She looks like a young adult. Um, I think that her performance is the best of all the children just because she is like a little bit older and she's probably done some other things. Or she has the most gone to, to do. school or like whatever. But yeah, she also has the most to do. Because I don't know how, um, what's her name, Rutabaga can really wow us because she doesn't have much to do. I keep forgetting that one's name. <laughs> Brigida. Brigida. I've never heard that name before. No? The rest are all common names. Oh, I really like that name. Brigida. It's like Bridget, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, was there anybody else that stood out to you in the movie? I think one of the other people who I actually know was uh, Uncle Max. Uncle Max. Because he's in, I think, Young Frankenstein is where I know him oh. from. But he was kind of fun. The Baroness and him, that was interesting to me because it sets it up like, oh, they're just after the money. Mm -hmm. No, not really. They just think that'd be nice too. Yeah. And like, oh, she's going to be real evil. It's going to be a parent trap turn while we hate her. We have to hate her just so they can move on to uh, Maria's love interest. Yeah. But no, she's fine. She's yeah. kind of treated quite poorly by him, yeah, honestly. And then she just goes on her way. Her major fault is that she's never been around children mm -hmm. and she's trying to marry someone who has seven of them so i feel like she's just really unprepared for the life that she's chosen and it might but not. he has seven kids and doesn't have any interest in children either true true but yeah she just, she's just picking up on his energy one of my favorite scenes of the baroness is when they're playing that like ball game oh yeah she's, she's so bad at trying it. to like control her body as she's catching a ball and like is clearly scared whenever they throw it and i just think that was like such a good such a good scene for her so they sing sound of music for the second time they dry off real real fast so they can so sing fast <laughs> oh and then there's the puppet sequence which was those puppets were scary and had so much cleavage oh yeah the lonely goat herd yeah yeah <laughs> I think that's a pretty good song. I think that's one of the better oh, songs. Oh, it's a great one because you get to see like the kids having fun again mm -hmm. and the adults like actually appreciating their talent or skills, I guess. But yeah, I uh, I like this one and I like all the little behind the scenes glimpses you get of the kids trying to like control this giant puppet show. 
that they somehow learned like real quick. Yeah, they do everything so quickly. They, those are some talented kids. And like towards like later in the movie when they sing their so long farewell at the party, they're like in bed and asleep. Like Maria probably could have popped in and said goodbye because <laughs> they just like leave and they're done. <laughs> they do everything so quick. So the next song that we come to is... Um, Edelweiss for the first time. Edelweiss for the first time, yes. And um, we get like a sweet moment between um, between Liesel and her father. And uh, just you get to see like all the kids just looking so hopeful that their dad is going to be like a normal dad now. And uh, it's just it's a, such a sweet moment. And he seems to like really focus all of his attention on Liesel and it's it's really nice it's like a heartwarming moment and this is definitely one of the moments where I get like a little little emotional because I assume that he turned into a dick and stopped singing after the death of the mother because they used to all sing as a family and that's a reminder Mm -hmm. and seeing Maria do it is is also kind of weird that he's like okay you're the new mom now and then totally just goes for it (laughs) but it does bring him closer to the kids and back to his love of music, yeah. which was, was fun to watch. Yeah. And you get to see, especially in the older ones, this like hope for the old ways. The Baroness is like, throw me a party, Georg. <laughs> throw me a ball. Like, this is like a huge party. This isn't just a few friends over. And uh, we get the uh, so long farewell. And we also get some sweet moments with the kids learning how to do some of the traditional dances. The dance part was fun. And then they have that romantic moment. And you know it's romantic because the lens is foggy. Yeah, they went soft focus selectively. Yeah. But then it would cut right back to something not. And it was was a choice. I don't know. Like Robert Wise is a very good director. And so much of this was so well directed. And then there were a bunch of choices. We're like, why'd you do that? Yeah, or there were scenes... After the like foggy, like that it made sense that like it was soft focus and like that, that it was still soft focus. Like it just didn't carry over well. There were a bunch of lighting things I noticed, but I guess for the most part, they were shooting on location. Mm -hmm. You can tell when they're not like all of the Abbey stuff is clearly a soundstage and the rooms and whatnot. But so much of it was on location. So I guess you can be forgiving about some of the terrible lighting. But then there's the next shot and it'd be lit great. So I don't know. Yeah, it felt like they didn't have the lights every day. Yeah, like, like, oh, we only have this light Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if we have to shoot a scene on a Wednesday, it's just going to be how it is. What I assume for a bunch of the outdoor stuff is they're like, OK, it's overcast. Great. And we're shooting all this stuff. And then there's like bright sunlight. Like, oh, OK, we're just going to blow out half of this for, for half of the shots. True. Some of those scenes with the kids outside, it was it was very, very bright. And then when it wasn't, it made me think like, oh, is this a soundstage? Yeah, this you looks asked like that a studio few lighting. But. Also, that backdrop of the the villa is just so perfect that mm-hmm. it sometimes did kind of look like a soundstage because it looked like just so magical, like that couldn't actually exist. So then the Baroness like fucks with her a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like the meanest thing she does, I guess. Oh, totally. But all, what she says is he loves you and you love him. Yeah. So I don't know. Was she really messing with Maria? I feel like she knows Maria at this point and knows that her like sense of propriety and like 
holding herself apart from the family because she's just the governess is so strong that like as soon as she says like oh he he loves you like and you Mm -hmm. clearly love him and she's like oh my god that's against the rules like and she starts to like backpedal really quickly and the baroness doesn't do anything to like convince her to stay and do you think it's at this point that she realizes that yes she does in fact love him i think so i think while they were dancing she started it like planted the seed and then she slowly as she was talking to the baroness realized like oh yeah i do and that's crossing all the employer employee lines so then she just bails and doesn't say goodbye to anyone which is shitty yeah it really was yeah um yeah what did you think of so long farewell as a song oh it's one of the best maybe my favorite i don't know i was it's in the top three I was sad later in the movie when they took out how they all kick each other in the butt yeah. to go to, to bed. <laughs> for me, it's this, my favorite things. Although that really dropped for me because it's not as good as I remember. Do, Re, And Do, Re, Mi. Oh. I think those are the three. Okay. What did you give So Long Farewell, the original, out of 10? Let's say nine. A nine? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it's super fun. I think again like anytime you get to see the kids like personalities and see them be children it's definitely a high point in the movie so this was uh this was fun and then i liked when all of the guests sang good night back at the (laughs) i feel like so much of this i have the same loves and criticisms as i did with parent trap Mm -hmm. like when you have the kids doing kids stuff it's at its best and then when you get bogged down in the romance you're like "Eh, this isn't the best part of this movie (laughs) it's not the kids are more entertaining than captain von trapp true and the nuns and the nuns so that brings us to the nun song oh yeah this you want to talk about things that were lit weird what was going on there okay so she's already wearing head to toe black and then they would have Maria half lit, yeah, like a queen video, and then she was just completely darkness. in silhouette or in darkness, yeah. lurking around like Nosferatu yeah. for for the song she is singing. Yeah. She is in darkness. This is like her big movie, and moment. that was a studio, so you could have done whatever. Oh yeah, you could have had all the lights. I didn't understand that. It was going for a thing and I think failing on that thing. It was so weird. I've never noticed how dark that scene is and just how weird it is. Until I was like, why is that lighting like (laughs) that? Yeah. It was for someone like Robert Wise, who's already won one best director Oscar, I think. He's done so much. He did. We covered the the day the earth stood still. Uh Like he did such epic things like that. He did West Side Story just a few years earlier. He knows what he's doing. Right. I don't know who was running the show on that part of it. It was mystifying because, yeah, this is the nun's big moment and she's singing this epic, epic song and you cannot see her for 90% of it. It's very strange to us. Yeah. But I like this song quite a bit. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was terrible. Oh. I gave it a two. <laughs> oh, I give it <laughs> an eight. Uh, my notes say... <laughs> Not good, period. <laughs> Did you write period or was it just no, a period? No, period. Okay. Then it says, I don't like this style of singing. Oh. I'm sure someone will say it's technically impressive, but I hate it. Climb every mountain, ford every stream, follow every rainbow till you Find your dream, a dream that will need all the love. 
Technically impressive. What's good about that way of singing? I feel like you train a very long time to be able to sing like that. But that's like saying, oh, I trained so hard, I can do more left-handed two-finger push-ups than anyone. And you're like, okay, why? (laughs) I feel like... Go run or like dunk a basketball, (laughs) do something impressive to me. This, If it's only impressive to people who get how hard it is to do, then then you're doing kind of doing it for your own sake. I don't know. It it didn't sound like a good song. That's the most simple way to put it is <laughs> I know music theory people or people who are really into musical theater who sing it and be like, uh-huh. oh, this is why she's very good. But if 90% of the people are like, yeah, but it sounds bad. Shouldn't she get to the point where like the songs just sound good? Oh, I think, I think she I sounds love. amazing. Oh, I would have to disagree with that. <laughs> I think that was a very impressive song to sing. And like, I think it takes a lot of control and training to be able to do that. So I get that it's not your like cup of tea, but I think from like a technical standpoint, it's it's very, very good. I think that's why I liked Liesl when she sings, because she sings more like most people would consider a song to sound. Mm-hmm. And the nun does not sing like songs sound. (laughs) Well, she's a nun. She sings nun songs. She should find better nun songs (laughs) or sing her nun songs in a better way like Liesl would. I I don't think Liesl's ever going to be a nun. So she hasn't trained in nun singing. So it's a specific style of nun singing. It's like a churchy hymn-ish kind of sound. I would then, if we're just going by that, I would prefer it be like old school monks doing their like dirge type songs. I think that's more enjoyable to listen to. I just don't think that this song would have worked well with that kind of singing. I don't think this song worked well with this kind of singing. <laughs> okay. My, and my next note is why is she not lit? Why? Why? So dark. How long is Maria gone from the house? It seems like like three days. At tops, right? Yeah. I also don't know how long in, like a postulant can be in seclusion for, but I feel like it can't be that long. Well, it just seems like it's the next day. They're like, hey, where is she? Okay, let's go get her. Yeah. It seems like within that week, for they're sure, like, by the way they're treating it. sad for a day after they realize that she's gone, and then they go get her. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like three days, tops. And then all of a sudden she has like a new dress and no need for luggage anymore when she comes back and she just like... Oh, yeah. She just throws it away. It's like in the field. She hugs all the kids and then just walks away from it and goes in the house. And then is this where he breaks up with the Baroness? Uh, it's just slightly after... Okay. They, they but they have like a romantic scene at this point, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because this is this... Again, the lighting gets very strange because... Captain Von Trapp is lit like a vampire. Yeah. And she's lit like she's in a 70s soap opera. Mm-hmm. And But it keeps cutting between the two of them. And you're like, what's what's yeah, going on? It's like bright light, bright, dark, 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 dark. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, you can't really see. And maybe this is why I think he looks a little manic because of how he's lit. Mm. He just looks, he looks like a vampire. Yeah, there is some vampire lighting it's, on him. This is a little crazy. Um, so the Baroness, or so Captain Von Trapp 
talks to Maria outside and then she wanders off and the Baroness comes out and she's talking wedding and all of a sudden Captain Von Trapp just says, no, we're not getting married. Bye. Yeah. Is this... So quick. <laughs> and then the same day gets in re-engaged? Yeah. He breaks off his engagement. Goes and walks down into the garden, kisses Maria and sings a song and then they're like, ready to get married that's pretty fucked up too yeah. man things move fast in this world especially in the second half of the movie yes the second half of the movie is like breakneck pace for everything because they're trying to cram so much the in war is coming but the, the first <laughs> half is so much better yeah true the second half of this movie i think is just not a good movie oh i like it the pacing is very strange there's no new songs there's just like hey look remember that song you liked before Here's it a little bit worse. Why yeah. would I want all that? I don't know. I I agree with you on the pace. I feel like if this had been slowed down or like given obvious amounts of time between things, like how long she's at the Abbey, just like tell us. That's an easy thing to put in there. Like, oh, she's been gone a week and I miss her every day or like something like that. I think she leaves the family, comes back. The marriage is broken up and he gets re-engaged to her. All of that happens in three days, I think. That's wild. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's too fast. Um, and uh, But, you know, the Nazis were coming and they had to get stuff done. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> is the song Something Good? Yes. Who sings that one? Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. But he doesn't sing his stuff, right? No, Bill Lee sang his stuff. Okay. So it's... It did seem like it wasn't his voice. No, yeah, when he was singing, singing, um, I say that with like air quotes, when he was pretending to sing um, all of his parts, it did feel like his voice and his face didn't match up. Mm -hmm. Like he was really bad at lip syncing too. I think he was drunk from what it sounds well, like. I mean, that would make you bad at lip syncing. So something good, I do not remember any of it. I didn't write any notes under it except for why don't they light her? True. She's, she's in the darkness. Very dark as well. This is her light in climb her every mountain moment. And this is like the big like love peak for them. And they're finally acknowledging their feelings for each other. And yeah, she's she's not lit. Why does this director not want to light the people who are actually singing the songs? In the first half of the movie, he did. Yeah. Like, I don't know what was going on in the second half of this movie. It's Did they run out like of money quality. to rent the lights? <laughs> well, they didn't even shoot it sequentially. They shot it probably all of the studio stuff in the US first and then all the Austrian location stuff second or vice versa. But yeah. So there's no reason for it, the quality to be from first half to second half to True. have a difference. True. I don't, I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, it was weird. And then suddenly, hey, it's her wedding. Yeah. What? Yeah. Surprise, they're married. Suddenly they're getting married. She's in a wedding dress. She never got a better haircut in all of that time. <laughs> and she just turns her back on the church and like, yeah, Bye. remember the whole nun thing? Yeah. Forget it. I'm out. Well, the Reverend Mother is like, sometimes we're called for different things. Well, she's just happy to get rid of her. That's Probably. Why. Yeah, she has a big problem, so. How do you solve her? Okay, Maria's what not an asset to the Abbey. I don't know if you know that. She walks down the aisle to people singing, how do you solve a problem like Maria? I don't think that's Walking on your loud. wedding day 
to everyone calling you a problem that needs to be solved? I don't think that that was out loud. I think that's just like the overarching theme. So as a movie watcher, you can hear that. But the people at the wedding, I assume, can't. Every song in this movie, people can hear it in the movie. Yeah. Why is that one different? I don't know. Because it would be real mean if everyone could (laughs) hear it? It's her theme song. Also, a theme song that she doesn't even know that she has because right. she's not there when they're yeah, singing Yeah, she's just it. going and getting married and being like, okay, I turned my back on all these people, but they seem cool with it. Oh, no, they're singing about how I'm such a problem. <laughs> she, I would cry. Yeah, that would be pretty mean. Yeah. Nuns, not always nice. No, they're usually not, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a beautiful wedding, though, and you get to see... Um, the like excitement of the children and like the bond between Maria and Liesel and just it's it's just like a lovely time. I cried a little bit during this too. During the wedding? Yeah. Oh, the wedding didn't do anything for me because, <laughs> well, first, I'm not invested in their romance at all. Mm-hmm. I could, if they never got together in this movie, it would probably be a better movie because the second half could be full of good fun kid stuff because that was way better. Her relationship with the children is way more enjoyable to watch than her relationship with Captain Von Trapp. Hmm. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. You think that like the second half when they're getting married is more fun than the first half of them? No, no. But I think it's like I enjoy it in a different way. Like I enjoy the hijinks of the kids and getting to see them like come back to life after all of this like grief and sadness. And then I also enjoy the love story portion of this. I think it's because I don't get why they were in love. He is just reminded of his dead wife. Uh-huh. And she has something to do, is what it seems like. <laughs> when did she fall in love with him? Why? Uh, I don't know. For the most part, he's everything that she hates, really. Yeah. she He's stern. He's not fun. But then he sings Edelweiss once. And she's like, okay, you know what? Not only do I not hate you anymore, I forgive you kind of being neglectful to these children for the last 10 years and um you sang that song so let's get married i think it's one of those like enemies to lovers storylines those never work for me i think either. so big in like romance novels the idea of like you hate this person at the beginning and then you fall in love with them that sounds terrible <laughs> What if I was like, hey, remember how we hated each other for a year and we would just antagonize each other and then we got married? Crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't that work. I don't so think weird. it works in real life. No, it doesn't. But I think it's a fun theme. So they go on this honeymoon for a month. Right. Nazis take over. Yeah. Uh, the children are going to sing in the festival and Maria's uh, mother to seven now. Right. <laughs> Surprise. There's a reprise of... 16, 16 going, going on 17. 17, which was not as good as the first one again. No, but I think it's like a fun, it's like a lovely, like tender moment between Liesl and her new mother. They should have had a new song for that. True, true. But it's like, it's like a nice callback to like, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to date a Nazi. And uh, you're my mom now. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. mom. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> um. I just really enjoy uh, Charmaine Carr's voice. I think she's she's a good singer. Yeah. And I think it matches well with Julie Andrews in this song. 
She sounded great. I yeah. liked her very much. I liked her kind of like jazzy sounding voice. Yeah. Um, and I think that she has a voice of a singer who sings songs. <laughs> and that's in my songs. I like people who sing songs. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't like The Nun so much. And like so much of my criticism of other movies, other musicals is I wish it was a song and not just long talking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I liked Liesl so much. Okay. She sang songs. She sang songs. Like I'd like a singer would sing a song. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we get to like some interesting information, which I don't think I absorbed as a kid about um, like the Third Reich taking over and how different Austria was um, after the, what's it called? The Armschloss? Oh, yeah. The annexation of Austria yeah. by the By Nazis. Germany. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I don't think I absorbed any of that information as a child, but it is really interesting as an adult who's like done social studies and like studied some of this stuff that um, this is like such a prevalent part of this movie and the amount of like Heil Hitler's you hear and see and just like it's really interesting watching like Uncle Max try and like adjust to this new Austrian kind of way of doing things and you see him a couple times like half-heartedly like put oh, his yes, hand up and then he like touches his nose or like yeah. he like really like one of those like i'm gonna shake your hand and then you like too slow or whatever <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of doing one of those where he was like oh no i was just just touching my hair he's I, like i'll, I'll do I, it yeah. so i don't get shot but I, my heart's not in <laughs> no it. and i'm not gonna like finish it off real yeah. sharp or anything you know who gave the worst tiles who hitler have you ever seen them? No. Oh, terrible. It's like, I, it's this, an this audio podcast, medium. But yeah. So it, go look it up sometime. Watch him to. do it. He's terrible at it. He's the least emphatic, powerful Heiler around. Which is so funny because like they like mm. trained an entire generation of people to like do this super sharp and like meaningfully. And he's bad at it. And he's yeah. doing a Hitler impression, I guess. Who is? You. Oh, me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it's uh, it was really interesting to kind of see the change over the movie and um, that really grumpy guy who wants to take the captain to uh, Germany to be in the army or in the Navy, I guess. And he's like so, so grumpy the entire time. But he's like, it'll remind everyone that nothing has changed in Austria. The sound of children's voices. And I just thought he was like a good kind of opposite to Max. In 99% of movies we watch, if it's taking place during slavery, the family that we watch, you know what? They were the ones who were against it. Mm -hmm. And every time it's like, you know what? We were always against it. And what movie we watch about Nazis, we're actually the ones who aren't on the Nazi side. Mm -hmm. And usually it seems contrived. And in this one... You know what? I, I bought it. I didn't get yeah. angry about how like, yeah, of course, you're the ones who are against it. Everyone's a Nazi, but not you, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the way Captain Von Trapp came at it, it wasn't universal across the family. They're not all like, we are too good for this. We know Nazis are wrong. Tolerance. They didn't yeah. do that sort of thing. They did it in a, a way that we don't see in movies as often now. 
But he just had a pride in a patriotism. Mm -hmm. He was an Austrian patriot. And he saw all of this as a challenge because his homeland is being destroyed. Mm -hmm. And the way they incorporated that into this movie was something that actually made me like that character. Because there wasn't much to like about Captain Von Trapp for the most part. He sings the one song every now and then and we love him for it because... It's it's the it's the thing of if you have like a really withholding parent or something and they say good job once you're like that my parent is so great look how great my dad is he told yeah. me a good job that one time that's what he is and you're like and for me watching him I was never on Captain Von Trapp's side he's not a good dad I don't think he's gonna be a good husband but when he was all of his anti Nazi stuff it made a lot of sense to his character in ways that. Usually when a character is anti-Nazi or anti-racism or anything, it never seems to come from a place that character would derive those sentiments Mm -hmm. from. And I think it does in this. So I think that was a good little bit of writing. And I think that like him singing Edelweiss. That was a good bit. It's like such a, like when you think about it, because it is like, it's an Austrian folk song and you get the like, bless my homeland forever line in it. And I just feel like it's such a, good like middle finger to the nazis who are like guarding this austrian music hall and i i really liked that and i feel like that was something like i said i didn't pick up as a child but now as an adult i'm like that was like really meaningful and like brave yeah and And, when the crowd all sings it together that was and the nazi guy that i was talking about is like in the front row Mm because he's like don't love austria love germany yeah or not even germany it's the the third reich yeah because they're like they're beyond countries now. They're right. like, oh, we're all united under this one world power. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I I loved that moment at the festival where everyone sings along, and that was one of, one of my favorite parts yeah. of the movie. Yeah. And that's I got a little misty at that too. What was not was the <laughs> uh, jam and bread remix. <laughs> the speed remix. They have done this song already in the movie. Yeah. So not only is it not new, but they're just making it worse now. Yeah, I guess. I didn't like that Jam and Bread remix. No. I also felt bad. I think I said this while we were watching it for the other contestants in this contest because they got to sing like four songs. And I'm sure everyone else just sang one. And they get like an encore and like while the judges are tabulating they get to sing so that i bet they like swayed the judges a little bit with their so long farewell it wasn't fair no not at all yeah so they have the jam and bread remix where they say <laughs> jam and bread so many tea with times. jam jam and bread jam and bread <laughs> jam and bread bread and jam jam and bread tea <laughs> and then they do edelweiss yeah and with the group sing along yeah and then they do the sped up version of goodbye which again i saw this already and it was 
funny last time. Yeah, this one is... And now are you doing it with to like rise the tension a little bit? You can kind of see that because they look around on their exits a bit, but it, it didn't go far enough that way to make it make sense to have it a second time. Uh-huh. I don't okay. I I just don't get why half of this musical doesn't have any new songs in it. Yeah. And why every song is in it like three, two or three times. I do feel like Edelweiss was a good one for this, but I think we could have done a different song. Like The Sound of Music. Sing The Sound of Music again. It's the title We've track. already had that twice. I know. But I just... How about a new song? <laughs> sure. A new song. But um, I liked their performance. I do think that Uncle Max should have stalled harder. Yeah. He, he was like, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Where are they? Oh, they're gone. My bad. So fast. So, so fast. You could have stalled Max. Could have dropped the ball on that Like one. had the first or the third and second place people like sing a line. Let them do a speech. Remind us what you did. Sing a little song since the Von Trapps got to sing four songs. Right. And like, just like really stall, Max. You could have done such a like a way better job at this and uh, given them more than like four minutes lead. So then they escape, they go to the Abbey, of course, and they're searching the Abbey. And then the score is the Good Night song, which also seemed odd to me because this is like a tense, scary moment. Yeah. And then we have the funniest song. Yeah. That was a weird choice. It is a weird choice. I do think that there are other score songs that would have worked better for this like background if they're just trying to use a song that they've already used in the movie. I still think do new songs for the second half of the movie that capture this tone rather than how do we put that tone on a song we've already established is funny and feel good. Mm -hmm. How do we make it spooky now? Yeah. It could have been a way better song. Second half of the movie? No, a way better song for that moment. And we got uh, Rolf back in our lives. Oh, yeah. Rolf the Nazi. Rolf the Nazi. And Why couldn't they just wait? 10 more minutes. Right? Like They had to like jump out and be like, okay, time to go. You can't leave now anyway. They're still there. Yeah, you could have stayed all night. Literally, you're locked in there. You're safe. You don't need to like rush out of the building. Or wait till they leave. Yeah. But they couldn't wait those 10 minutes. And because of that, I assume all those nuns get killed after. Yeah. Um, They uh, literally climb every mountain. <laughs> no, I think they literally climb a mountain. Okay. How far away is Switzerland from Austria? So the thing is, they're in Salzburg. Yeah. If they go over those mountains, they go to Germany. Okay. So that's what I've always So there's assumed. an error, geographical right. error there. I've always sure. assumed that it's like Salzburg, mountain, Switzerland, and they just had to climb that mountain and they'd be safe. But I've never actually looked it up on a map. So I guess, yeah, they'd just end up in Germany. Yeah, where they, <laughs> I believe. Now, my geography is not great, but it's, it's all right. I believe the mountains they would go over from Salzburg are the same ones where uh, it's very close to where Hitler's uh, like mountain retreat is. So oh. if they went on those mountains. The closest city after going through the mountains would be Munich and Salzburg's on the border of, um, yeah, of uh, Germany. Uh-huh. And where's Hitler's summer home is? Where he may have very well have been at that moment. So they would be going to Hitler. They're like, let's walk to Hitler, kids. Switzerland is quite a ways away from That's where Salzburg is. 
that's disappointing because yeah. i always just assumed that yeah they just had to climb that one mountain and then they'd like go down the mountain and they'd be in switzerland no they'd be at hitler's house <laughs> hitler's mountain retreat yeah yikes <laughs> well that changes some things that i thought <laughs> at the end of this movie um how did like did people escape from austria is that like a thing that happened Oh, sure. Well, this is a, a true-ish story. Right, true. Uh, they didn't climb over mountains. I think they just took a train. Mm. They just left. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's disappointing. <laughs> Changes my feelings on the end of the movie. Just the geography of it? Yeah. I guess I always just kind of thought of like, like people in the States are like, oh, just north of us is Canada. But like, really, it's, oh, it's a long way away. <laughs> well, depending on where you are. True. But in uh, Detroit, like, it's right there. Yeah. Then south of you is Canada, oddly. That's right. But I just feel like geographically I was misled and I'm a little upset about it. Well, Austria does share a mountainous border with Switzerland. Uh It's not where Salzburg is, though. Okay. Salzburg is very close to the border of Germany. Hmm. How many mountains do you think they were going to climb? Like all of them, I guess. Every one. That's what the song says. Every mountain. Um, and then then the movie's just done. The movie's just done. And you get some more shaky uh, helicopter shots. Weird ending. Yeah. Very unsatisfactory? I feel like it's leaving you to make your own decision on what happens. Well, I think... I don't think that's the case because this was a famous story. When this movie came out, this was already... They're a famous family. Right. There had already been movies about them. Yeah. So the German-speaking world already had all these movies. And I think... People are probably pretty aware because they went and lived in the U.S. and toured extensively there. So I think everyone knows. So it's not like so open, but it's just a strange place to end it. It felt like there was going to be another scene. And I was like, oh, this is the end. This is how it ends. Mm -hmm. Just them climbing those mountains. I I get that. I like the cyclical nature that this is where the movie started. And now they're back there. It felt very strange. Yeah, I'm just upset that Salzburg isn't just over the mountain from <laughs> Switzerland. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's right there. It's very upsetting to me for some Why reason. Why of everything? That's I the don't thing. know why. I just realized that Salzburg is not where I thought it was. So Not the fact that, like, yeah, their marriage doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> it's yeah. the geography of Austria. Of Austria. I really just thought that just over that mountain. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, so did you knock down your rating of this movie? That's the thing. The first half of this movie is an eight or nine out of ten movie. Yeah. The second half of this movie is a six out of ten movie. Oh. So I guess it's a seven? I guess. I don't know. The second half, I thought that, because I've heard talk about the second half being like oh, people only watch the first half. Cause I thought it was... That because that's a fun, happy movie, and then it gets dark in yeah. the second half, and that's what people want to avoid. But it's nothing good happens in the second half, not content wise. Of like, oh, it's the the rise of the Nazis. That's the bad part. I mean, nothing good happens in. There's no songs that I haven't heard already. Mm-hmm. There's worse versions of those songs. There's no real character development ha- that happens in the second half. It's just kind of 
a bunch of events because I know it's a biopic, so they just need to get all of those things in. Mm -hmm. And it felt like the first half of the movie, they're making a fun musical about this family and we're learning about the characters. Yeah. I felt the music was doing some heavy lifting at that point because those sequences, whether it's a montage or whether it's a song, was teaching me something about each one of them. Right. I don't think that was happening in the second half. I think it's just, hey, remember this song? Like, yes, I do. It was an hour ago. Of course, I remember it. Here it is again, but not quite as good. I just, it seems if you're making a giant musical, and this, this was a, a giant, giant musical, yeah. the fact that you're reusing pretty much every song two or three times seems like, I don't know, I just expect more, right? If we went to see like, the oh, did you see the big new Disney cartoon, the big animated musical? And it has the same songs. There's no new songs in the second half of the movie. You'd be really disappointed in it. Yeah. And that wouldn't fly. No. Even Moana, there's the one song that occurs three times, which I think is great because it builds and it's different each time. And it's about that character learning new things each time. Yeah. People complain about that. And it's one song that happens three times. Mm -hmm. Here, there's no new songs in the second half of a three-hour movie. That's... Yeah. It's kind of what you're doing. You're a three-hour musical. Put some songs in there. True. So I think I try to be critical about movies in a way that makes sense for that movie. I'm not going to say like, well, this wasn't an accurate depiction of the Nazis because that's not what this movie's doing. But what it is doing is giving you good songs. So give me more of them. If you didn't have any more, save some of those first songs for the second act. <laughs> yeah, I think... More songs would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think this is like a solid 9 out of 10 for me. Only 9? But it's your favorite musical. It's not a 10? Mm. I'm going to say 10. <laughs> All right. I'm glad I Just convinced you. surely for the amount of times that I cried during it. That, that is impressive to me. Maybe not impressive. Yeah, impressive on behalf of the movie that I'm impressed that the movie did that to you because yeah. I did not connect emotionally very often with this movie. No, I was in it. Uh, Not in the second half, at least. Uh, I guess there was the sequence when everyone sang Edelweiss. That was good. And seeing the kids gain some happiness, uh, that was a good bit. Uh But the romance was flat to me. Disagree. Do you know what makes you believe in this romance? Because I could articulate why it doesn't work for me. So I was wondering if you know why it does work for you. I don't think I have an answer. Okay. I think it's just the grand romance of like the whole thing. It's just, it works on me. Like because all of the other emotions and the nature of the film itself is effective that you're like, whatever they give me, I'm on board for that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think because I liked the other stuff, but it wasn't so great that I'm willing to forgive everything. Oh. And the romance, I was like, I just kind of feel that I didn't quite see it. It's just, it's one of those ones where you're like, yeah, and now they're in love. And we just all go, okay. We don't see them fall in love. Yeah. And I think that's, and I think that's my favorite part of a romance story is them falling in love. <laughs> and here it's, hey, I got rid of that one. How about you now? And she's like, yeah, okay, let's go. Hmm. Let's go get married the very next scene. <laughs> I disagree. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like, it's a package deal. It's the sound of music. And I think, yeah, I'm willing to overlook some things because I love the sound of music. Mm. Yeah. So if you, my review is, if you have a VHS, just watch the first one. (laughs) I think you need to watch the whole movie. (laughs) 
Gotta but get... you would agree that the first half is much better though, right? I think it's more fun. Not better. No. Oh. Because I don't know what good comes from the second half. I think it's... Historical context, I guess. And that's about Historical it. context and like the tying up of loosens. Except when it leaves them on a mountaintop. Well, and then I just assume that they get to Switzerland safely. <laughs> it's going to be a long walk from where they were. <laughs> They're going to get found out by the Nazis if they keep going that way. Yeah, true. Well, he was a naval captain. He wasn't That's an true. army captain. Yeah. He's like, man, I need some water around here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I am. <laughs> That's why he lives on, like, I think it's a lake. That's true. And he's like, I got to be near water so I know where I am. Yeah. And walking over a mountain does not involve a lot of water. <laughs> he he's wasn't so in the lost. Air Force. He wasn't an army. He uh, really just knows water. And that's all. That's why he led them over to Germany. <laughs> that would be a really disappointing way to end this movie. It would be like, oh, oops. They find a big house in the mountains and they knock and they're like, please help us. And it's just Hitler. It's Hitler. <laughs> that's a twist. <laughs> That's that's the sequel I want. What do you want in the sequel? You said you wanted a, a sequel to this. I just want to see their life after um, making it to safety. That movie exists. I know it does. I know there's like the Von Trapps in America or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but I want it to be like whimsical like this movie is. Hmm. Not what actually happened to them. I have no idea what happens in that movie, so... It was made before this movie, right? Like it's like an older. The ones I'm thinking of, yes. Yeah. But there might have, who knows? Someone so maybe many. made a sequel to this. Yeah. There's sequels to everything. True. Um, yeah. So Sound of Music, 10 out of 10. Love Sound it. Sound of Music, 7 out of 10. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I don't have anything else to say about this movie other than it's fantastic. My only piece of trivia I know about this movie is that... The people of Salzburg, the government, said, like, you can't put up Nazi banners in here. Like, yeah, that we have a history of this stuff. Like, that's not cool. And then Robert Wise said, oh, OK, I'll just use actual footage of when you really had them up. And then they're like, OK, OK, OK. <laughs> Do it in a fictitious way. We'll let that go. I was thinking about that because like, this is filmed not that long after they ousted the Nazis. Yeah, people and are still I, alive. I do feel like. That would have been really hard on Austria to like twenty years later, yeah. See all that stuff come back because that's within your lifetime, mm -hmm. and so yeah, I feel like that's like too soon. But also, it tells a, new, a fun story that doesn't put the Nazis in a great light, and it's probably one of the only reasons they weren't allowed to do that. It's because it's not like pro-Nazi. Oh yeah, I think if it was a pro-Nazi <laughs> movie, that'd be a much harder sell. Yes, absolutely. The um, other piece of trivia that I know is that uh, Charmaine Carr slipped during the 16 going on 17 uh, dance and fell through one of the panes of glass in that gazebo oh, and shit. then had to continue filming and was in like a was great, up? great deal of pain. Yeah, because oh, she wow. slipped and fell through some glass. And then because uh, somebody in the wardrobe department didn't put like slippy, grippy things on her shoes mm. and she just slipped off that stone bench and uh, had to continue filming and did not enjoy the rest of that scene, which is sad because it's such a such a beautiful scene. Well, that brings us to the end of our discussion of The Sound of Music. And uh, I think it, it didn't sway me like some of your other uh, 
conversations about movies sway me sometimes. Oh, which way was I meant to sway you? Well, no, just sometimes I end up agreeing with you that it was a bad movie, but I... I oh, it's not a bad movie. It is uneven. It has such a high peak in the first bits, and then it can't keep up that pace. And instead, it just goes with pace of like everything happening and taking precedent over what I loved about the first half, which was character stuff and good songs. Yeah. Um. So... What are we doing next week, Andy? Oh, we're keeping the musicals going. Yes, excellent. Um, are you sticking with a Nazi musical theme or just a musical musical theme? Well, we're each going to have our spoiler-free things of the fortnight. Yes. Mine will be a musical, but it's going to extend what a musical means, okay. perhaps. Yeah. And then I'll pick my big watch for the week after that and... Maybe we've already mentioned where I'm going, but <laughs> I wanted to, to call see. it a witch watch because I really like that. <laughs> Guess we have to do more uh, uh, witch movies or sandwich movies. Oh, movies about sandwiches. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay, will well, that be the next theme? No, sandwich movies because it's almost Christmas. It's not, but maybe. <laughs> when this comes out no it still won't be no it still won't be uh but we are approaching the jolliest holliest time of the year christmas oh and, okay yeah christmas. yeah so uh we will see you next week and i can't wait to know what indy's gonna bring us for the week after bye everyone goodbye